What is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Whole Nine Draft Podcast. I am your host, Josh Berg, and today I'm joined with a special guest, Evan Mead. Evan, what's going on? What's up, guys? So we are live here in Mobile at the Whole Nine Sports House. Um, we are spending oh, the week down here with a bunch of our colleagues from Whole Nine, and we are going to do a Senior Bowl preview. Excuse me. Going over, uh, you know, players that we are looking forward to seeing over the course of the week of uh, the festivities. I'm going to talk about some specific prospects that have the most to gain, as well as some players that we think are going a little bit under the radar and should be talked about a little bit more um, throughout the entire process. Uh, we're recording this just as Jim Nagy got done with his press conference. We've got our, a couple of uh, our colleagues are over at the press conference right now going over and sending us notes and all that stuff. So we are in loopies right now currently talking about um, Anthony Gordon. So it's it's going to be a fun week. I know that I'm excited. It is my uh, one of my favorite weekends of the year and we, we're looking forward to doing a lot of cool stuff. But before we get into the show, make sure you guys are following me on Twitter at JoshBerg0611. Follow the podcast on Twitter at WNDraftPod. Go over to Whole9Sports.com. Check out our latest articles, mock drafts. We actually have, uh, I had a mock draft published this morning, uh, mock draft version 2.0 on the website. So go ahead and check those out and let me know what you guys think of the selections that I make, that I made for your team, and let me know. You can go ahead and follow Evan on Twitter, at Evan underscore Mead 0700. All right, so you can go ahead and check that out. We'll have that plugged in the uh, episode description down below on whatever platform you're listening. So you guys can go ahead and check it out. And then also go over and follow Whole Nine Sports on Twitter, at Whole Nine Sports. We're going to have a ton of Senior Bowl coverage, starting with practice tomorrow. Um, we've got an entire schedule. We'll be watching different position groups, different players, getting a lot of access to some really cool things. So make sure you guys are up to date with that. So... One of the we when the rosters were first announced, we one of the f- first players that we really saw get announced that we were excited about um, was Michael Pittman Jr. He is a part of the North, and this receiver class is actually pretty well. Now each of us here we selected two players, one offense and one defense um, from each team that we were really excited to be seeing, so we each have an offensive player for the North, a defensive player for the North, then an offensive player for the South, and a defensive player for the South. So, Evan, you selected Michael Pittman Jr. Why is he the guy that you're most looking forward to watching on the North offense? So, actually, I watched Michael Pittman about, give or take, about two and a half, three weeks ago. And one of my personal favorites in college was Juju Smith-Schuster. And when watching Michael Pittman's film... I saw a lot of Juju Smith-Schuster, but one of the reasons I'm really looking forward to him is because I think he has something to prove the racist draft stock even more in a receiving class that was depleted a little bit due to people going back. I think he has a chance to really prove himself if I can see some more improvement and growth with his explosiveness off the line of scrimmage, uh, showing some more diverse routes, and also his ability to create separation. Yeah. Pittman's kind of a guy that hasn't really been talked about in this historic draft class, which still is really, um, you know, really deep. You've got uh, Judy Lamb, Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rieger, K.J. Hamler, 
Um, Michael Pittman Jr. kind of gets lost in the shuffle of like the second or third tier receivers. And I think he's really someone that can boost his stock a ton. Um, he does lack explosive off the line of scrimmage. If you do watch him, his first step is kind of a little bit slow, which can cause him, I think, and that's why he struggles creating separation is because he doesn't get that initial burst off the line of scrimmage, so he can't separate downfield because it takes him a little bit longer to get going. I, too, am interested in uh, seeing him run a little bit of a different route tree because he he ran a lot of the similar style routes at USC. And someone else that did that was uh, my North guy, and that's Antonio Gandy-Golden. Now, I've talked about him before on the podcast. He was my small school stud of the year. I think he's got something that's really special, but I need to see him do something more than just run straight down the field. He's got to be able to diversify his catch radius and his routes. He's not a very physical receiver, so he's going to have to find ways to expand the catch radius and through through man-to-man coverage if he's going to be able to he needs to be able to show if he can body someone one-on-one with his size at 6-4. And then I also I want to see his speed on display. I want to see him be able to burn guys downfield. We've seen bits and pieces of it a lot this year where he has just exploded, but I want to see more speed on display from Antonio Gandy-Golden just because I think with his size advantage being 6-4, and now him being a speedster, I think we can really see Antonio Gandy-Golden be something extremely special at the next level. I've talked about him in uh, in depth for a while. I think that he's someone that should be talked about a lot more in draft circles, especially in a deep receiver class, so he does um, kind of lose. He kind of loses a little bit of stock because... The uh, the class is so steep, and it is so uh, so deep. I want to be able to see um, his release and speed downfield, and I want to see him be able to diversify his route tree because he does. He is someone that is incredible at contested catches, which is another thing that I want. I think if he can continue to build upon his catch radius, I think he's going to be someone that can really fly up draft boards this weekend in Mobile. Moving on to the defensive side, some guys that he's that these players are going to be going up against. Evan, you talked about Evan Weaver. Yeah, so one of my personal favorites is Evan Weaver, who is a linebacker out of California. And if I'm going to be honest with you guys, I had no idea who this guy even was at the start of the season until I downloaded a Madden draft class and saw this guy was a higher-rated linebacker. After that, that I went and watched some of his film, and I loved what I see. This guy is a hard-hitting, powerful linebacker with a lot of talent, and he, he has the ability to translate well, but he does need to improve on his agility and his ability to move side-to-side side in coverage. He's a run-stopper at uh, California, but he doesn't show much of his coverage ability, and that's something I want to see from him. Because I think he has all the talent to be really, really good at the next level. Except for he, because he doesn't fit into a pass coverage scheme as a linebacker, it's hard to say that he'll actually work out if he can't actually play in coverage. Yeah, I really like Evan Weaver, and especially in a linebacker class that is kind of thin. And not kind of thin. It's, it's extremely thin. You've got Isaiah Simmons, Kenneth Murray, and then you've got a big gap, and then you've got like Malik Harrison and uh, Patrick Queen. Evan Weaver can really benefit and raise his stock in Mobile. 
The guy that I want to talk about on the North is when you if you go to the Senior Bowl website and you look at the rosters, the South team is by far the better team based off just name recognition, the guys that potentially could go in the first round. I think there's more of them on the South side than the North side. But one of the guys that are on the North that's uh, really rising draft stock lately, rising up boards, is Zach Bond, um, edge rusher out of Wisconsin. And I'm really excited to watch him because I see the edge class, and you've got Young and Epineza and Yuta Gross-Matos and Caleb Chason, and you've got Curtis Weaver, Julian Aquara. Not not many people outside of Matt Miller are really like falling in love with Zach Bond. He is your stereotypical Wisconsin pass rusher. I want to be able to see a little bit more hip fluidity from him this week. He oftentimes looks a little bit stiff. Um, and I want to see him be able to separate off blocks. One thing that, that the Senior Bowl practices will showcase is their, their drills are designed to benefit defensive linemen and edge rushers that is what they're designed for so you're gonna see a lot of offensive linemen quote-unquote struggle offensive linemen one-on-one is not you're not going to be able to gain anything from it because normally offensive linemen work with a unit of five where if hey they miss a step you have their interior guard that can help over so so on so forth so I want to see Zach Bond really be able to to continue to show his explosiveness and be able to loosen up a little bit when he is at the point of attack. Uh, moving on to the South team, you, uh, we've got a couple different guys here. I'm going to start on the offensive end, and I'm going to talk about Justin Herbert. Um, we all know the ups and downs that Justin Herbert has had in his career. We also know the ups and downs where he has been on draft boards. We've seen him as high as top 10. We've also seen him in 30s and 40s on draft boards. Um, I want to see his arm talent on display. We know he's got a big arm. I want it to be downfield accurately. And I also, when it comes game time, I want him to be able to look through his progressions and make smart decisions if he's faced with pressure. We know, we've know we noticed in the past, and watching him on film this year, is he struggles to make smart decisions when he gets faced with pressure. He oftentimes will crumble, will overcomplicate things, and he'll make the easiest pass and the smartest, easiest pass in the world look overcomplicated, or he'll try to force something into his first read because things start to spin too much for him and it overcomplicates things for him. I want him to be able to slow the game down, look from read to read, scan the field with his eyes, and make smart decisions under pressure. He's got the athletic ability and he's got the arm talent, a lot of the struggles with Justin Herbert is mental issues that I want to see if these coaching staffs can help him along the course of the week. Yeah, so for what Josh was saying, I completely agree. I saw it from the moment I watched his film at the beginning of the year. Last season, I watched his film, and he was one of the top quarterbacks in that draft class at the beginning of the year. And I thought he was going to be a superstar. After going back and watching him this year, I saw a lot of problem with progressions, which I think may have something to do with the Oregon offensive playbook. But he also has some problem with making decisions under tough two-minute drills. And that's something I also would like to see him improve upon, too. Uh, So as far as my uh, South offensive player, I picked Van Jefferson, wide receiver out of Florida. If I'm being straight with you guys, I didn't care for this guy up until 
I was watching an interview with Christian Fulton, the cornerback out of LSU. He's one of the top cornerbacks in this draft class. And he said that the hardest person for him to guard was Van Jefferson. And that's he was going up against Jerry Judy. He was going up against Henry Ruggs. And he picked Van Jefferson. So after going in and watching his film from that point, this guy, he is one of the most fluid, and his rut running is just off the charts. He has the ability to make sharp cuts and churns that allow for separation right off the churn. He's a safe bet wide receiver, which means that he will be kind of like a Julian Edelman use, unless he can show his speed and burst up field in order to crease run after catch like a Brandon Ayuk does, where his main strength is the ability to get up field quick. But he also lacks strength in 1v1, so I don't see a whole lot of contested catches from him, which is another thing I'd like to see from him this uh, senior bowl. Yeah, Van Jefferson, I think he's he's similar to Michael Pittman, not from a skill set perspective, but as far as getting lost in the shuffle, um, in the middle, we've got guys like Denzel Mims, Van Jefferson, Michael Pittman Jr., that really get lost in the middle tier of receivers around, you know, the 8 to really, like, 8 to 18 range. They really fluctuate. I like Van Jefferson, too. I think he's going to be one of the very few receivers that, I don't want to say very few receivers, but one of the receivers that I think is really going to shine this week. I think Jefferson and Ayuk are the two guys that I think will start exploding up draft boards this after this weekend's over. Moving on to the defense, my guy is Kyle Duggar, the safety from Lenore Ryan. I'm not even sure if I'm saying that first part right, but he is a smaller school prospect. I really like these small school guys. You know, I think that they have the most to prove, they have the biggest chips on their shoulder. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to see a lot of these FCS lower end D1 guys really shine here at the Senior Bowl, but Kyle Duggar is a monster. He is always and if you watch him on film he's always been the most athletic and most fastest guy on the field he's got elite range the problem is he goes to Lenore Ryan so he's not facing any of these top I don't want to say top tier talent as far as crapping on whoever the hell he's playing but he's not playing against Alabama LSU you know type defense uh, offenses while he's on defense um, I want to be able to see how his speed and athleticism racks up against a lot of these other players that are similarly athletic. Uh, Jim Nagy said he's going to be playing some linebacker as well this week, so that's going to be a lot of fun to see if he has that diversity. We're going to play hybrid linebacker safety. He's just someone that I'm just excited to watch. I want to try and get to talk with him as well this week. He's just he's going to be someone that I'm really excited to watch. Yeah, I haven't watched a whole lot of film against about um, film on him, but I mean, I've heard a lot of very, very good things, and I fully intend on making sure I watch him at the Senior Bowl and what he does against some of the competition he'll be going up against. Because, as Josh was saying, Lenore Ryan is not a very big school. He's not going up against some of the best talent. But he will be going up against some really good talent like Colin Johnson, Devin Duvernay, Michael Pittman, Antonio Gandy-Gold. He'll be going up against some of these better receivers and we'll be able to see how he translates against them in 1v1s. So... As far as my uh, guy goes, I really wanted to talk about this guy, so I'm really glad that I was able to talk about him, is Anthony Jennings. He's listed as a linebacker, even though he played an edge rusher at Alabama. That is one of the very big stories that us scouts have been negotiating and talking about since we've gotten here. 
we're not really sure what to make of it, but he has a lot to prove if he can play linebacker. Because if he can play linebacker and be a top edge rusher in this draft class, his stock is going to shoot through the roof with as weak as it is, Allen linebacker. If he can play edge rusher as well as he did at Alabama, and he can play linebacker with some of the better ones, his stock is going to shoot through the roof. Because he's already a very athletic guy. You can watch that on his film and automatically see that. He's a polished edge rusher, but I do see traits that make me think he could play linebacker, so it's going to be interesting to see that. Well, his freshman year, he played a little bit of linebacker as well before they transitioned him to the edge role. But yeah, like Evan said, if Anthony Jennings can show out at linebacker, Jim Nagy actually said that he's just listed as a linebacker and he's not planning to change his position. But if he does show out, if he does end up practicing and playing some linebacker this week, if he could show that it's really a win-win situation for Jennings because if he can show that he can play linebacker and succeeds and plays good football, then his stock will skyrocket because now he's an effective edge rusher and a linebacker, and you can really start putting him again with with the top-tier linebackers in the class outside of Isaiah Simmons, but he can really fall within that Kenneth Murray, uh, Patrick Queen area because his linebacker class is so thin. And if he doesn't look good at linebacker, then scouts can say, well, he's an edge rusher, so they can evaluate him solely on being his edge rusher in film. Uh, Brandon Olson actually pointed that out today in our whole nine sports meeting. So it's actually um, a really good situation for Anthony Anthony Jennings. The the one thing that I have heard from uh, scouts the most about this weekend is players' stock does not fall during the Senior Bowl. The Senior Bowl can only help your stock because – if you look bad at the Senior Bowl, I don't want to say look bad as in, you know, you guys know what I mean, like they're not playing well. If they look, you know, raw or stiff or out of sync, they're playing with a bunch of guys they've never played before. No, they've had three games of pra- three days of practice experience and then get thrown out um, into a game with them. And these one-on-one drills for offensive linemen, well, they're used to having a unit of five. And then uh, a corner, if they get beat, one-on-one, well, maybe they're a more zone uh, coverage corner that's used to having over-the-top help or roaming a specific area of the field. So players can look a little bit bad on at the Senior Bowl and not have it hurt them. But if you look extremely well at the Senior Bowl, you've adjusted, you've found ways to make plays, then your, your stock really can help. I think they had 10 first-rounders last year at the Senior Bowl. So... There were a there's a lot of upside here in Mobile. With that being said, we're going to transition to the players that we feel have the most to gain in Mobile. And we really have two really position groups that we're going to be highlighting here um, for for this weekend. And the first one is the quarterbacks. Now, the big story for all of us at Hole Nine and all of us around the scouting community was. Is Joe Burrow going to be at the Senior Bowl? He would have been the biggest get I think the Senior Bowl has had in a couple years for sure. Um, he obviously declined to compete this week. He wants to spend time with family, get ready for the draft. We completely understand why. I mean, the man went through historic season, grueling season, got hit in the ribs a couple different times late in the year. So we could see why he'd want to rest up. That just means that all these other quarterbacks that are here, including Jordan Love, Justin Herbert, and Jalen Hurts. Hurts, hometown favorite, they're going to have an opportunity here where they have a t- chance to shine and be the best quarterback 
on the field this week. I think Jordan Love personally has the most to gain because he's the most polarizing quarterback in the class. A lot of guys don't like him. I know a lot of us at Hole 9, we have our question marks on Jordan Love. But also there are a lot of guys that absolutely love the upside and raw talent that he possesses. We, uh, we're going to be seeing him in practice in a couple days. We're going to see what this arm really is. If, this, if he can truly sling this ball 60 to 70 yards downfield and drop it in the basket and make plays. We're going to see if he does have a chance to improve his stock. And if his arm impresses like some people think it will, his stock will definitely rise to what is currently a fringe round one projection, not a grade, but a projection to maybe a first round lock for some teams. Yeah, Jordan Love is a guy who I watched earlier on, about midway through the season to earlier, and I was unimpressed by his film, but Joe Burrow was always my guy. from the, Since he took down Texas in the um, Sam Ellinger, I have been in love with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow has been my ride or die all the way through the rest of the season. Jordan Love really has not been that. He possesses a raw talent with... I did, which I didn't see on his film was a whole lot of arm strength. He didn't look overly accurate. He didn't impress me with his decisions and his reads. He didn't really look like a polished quarterback. And compared to some of the other guys that are in this class, Jordan Love lacks that trait that stands out against some other guys. Because even Justin Herbert, although we have our question marks, he has that athleticism and arm talent that makes him stand out. Tua Tagovailoa has led a great career. Joe Burrow is one of the most accurate quarterbacks I've had to witness. He's just an all-around great quarterback. Jordan Love needs to show that he has something or a trait that can stand out. And that's what this arm could bring. Because people are saying that he shows arm talent. So it's now his time to show, does he actually have it? I also think that Justin Herbert has a lot to gain this week, too. Not, again, for the same reason Love does, because... Joe Burrow isn't here, so I'm not saying anyone's going to close the gap on Joe Burrow or Tua, but you can, if you're Justin Herbert, you can really separate yourself as the third best quarterback in this class if you show what a lot of us saw on film in 2018 when he, we all had him as consensus QB1 if he would have declared. Um, now that could be credit to Kyler Murray is not Joe Burrow, so the gap would have been a little bit you know, closer between one and two than it is this year. But it also could be a credit to Justin Herbert has that it. He has the arm. He has the athletic ability. We need to figure out, and the coaches will that work with him this week will f- uh, hopefully fix it for him or at least give him tools to succeed. We've got to figure out a way where we can flip that switch mentally and have high, higher IQ, high mental processing where he can make decisions. Another group that really took some depleted hits this week was the cornerback class. Uh, I know going in personally to, to Mobile, my favorite group to look at other than the receivers, which are fantastic, was the cornerback group. I absolutely could not wait to watch these one-on-one matchups between the receivers and the corners. Jeff Gladney, Christian Fulton, Damon Arnett. Well, now those three guys aren't here. Christian Fulton announced uh, yesterday that he will not be making the trip. He wants to get ready for the NFL draft, get healthy. Uh, Jeff Gladney did the same last week, and Damon Arnett did as well. So the corners have really taken a hit this week as far as the top three guys. I think it was pretty easy to say they were the top three guys have taken a big hit to this roster. Now it's time 
to see what all these other players are made of. I think someone that's got extremely uh, high upside this week where he can really show up and raise his draft stock is going to be Dane Jackson. I think Dane Jackson has the potential to be a mid-round player where he's now, you know, in the consensus around. I think most places have him between like 13 and 18 as the corner. I think he's someone that can showcase tools. I also think that Darnay Holmes is another guy that we can really see what they are made of in one-on-one matchups. Uh, are there any names particular, Evan, that you're really looking forward to in this cornerback group that looking at the roster, there's not a whole lot of wow factor names? Yeah, uh, one of my favorite cornerbacks who I go feel goes unnoticed was Damon Arnett. So I was really looking forward to watching him play. And um, so I have actually yet to... Sorry, uh, I was looking at something. Uh, Javon Kinlaw is actually at the... Uh, yeah, Javon, Javon Kinlaw is at the press conference right now with Jim Nagy after Jalen Hurts just came out. And he is a massive dude. So, Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was really looking forward to watching Damon Arnett because I saw a stat line earlier in the year. Well, actually, it was at the end of the year. And Damon Arnett actually gave up a... Qu- fair amount of less completion the percentage when targeted for Damon Arnett to Jeffrey Akuda. Damon Arnett actually gave up a less completion percentage than Jeffrey Akuda did on more targets and so I was really looking forward to actually watching him showcase it live at the senior bowl so I was disappointed to see that he was going to come but another guy that I really like who I feel goes a little bit unacknowledged for his talent is the same Basie out of Wake Forest. So I'm really looking forward to watching what he can showcase. I've seen him fluctuate on some people's boards as anywhere between a 10 to 18 range. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can bring to the table. One thing that's going to be interesting for sure with these groups is which players are going to be able to elevate themselves to a higher standard. As Like I said, I mentioned... A lot of these guys haven't played with each other. Um, they're in a position where they're thrown into this ring for a couple of days to show up, show out, and then you know go prepare for the draft. And I think that the one-on-one matchups at the Senior Bowl are always what a lot of scouts like to watch because we want to see talent. We want to be able to see what uh, prospects have improved, which prospects are missing certain traits. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I feel that the receivers really have a chance to showcase how deep this receiver class is because I'm looking at the roster right now at the receivers that are here in Mobile, and I think the only guy I have in my top 10 that is here this week is Brandon Ayuk. I could be wrong on that. Uh, Michael Pittman is outside, Denzel Mims is outside. Yeah, so Brandon Ayuk's the only guy that's here this week that's inside my top 10 receivers right now. Now there's J. Juwan Jennings, Van Jefferson, Devin DuVernay, um, Michael Pittman, Denzel Mims, Antonio Gandy-Golden that are all, again, in that 11 to 20 range that are all extremely close together. But there, Brandon Ayuk has a chance to really either extend and move up draft boards where Jim Nagy said in his press conference, I'm getting all the alerts on my phone, he said that he hasn't talked to a single person that has Brandon Ayuk at a lower grade than Nikhil Harry. And Nikhil Harry was a first-round pick, so he expects Ayuk to be a first-round pick. Um, there are some guys like Pittman and Mims, 
um, Jennings, the Texas receivers, Duvernay and Johnson, that can really improve their stock this week. I had a, we had a coworker and a colleague that ran into and saw Colin Johnson at the hotel this week, and he was huge. Um, big 6'6 guy. We'll find out the official measurements tomorrow um, from our colleagues that, get, that are going to go to that. But he, it's going to be interesting to see what some of these guys come to measure out with for sure. Yeah. Uh, so as Josh said, I'm really looking forward to the receiver class. That's probably my favorite position in this class. And to a defensive lineman also has a spot in my heart for it. There's a lot of talent that I think that could take a big step up if they perform well. But outside of Brandon Ayuk, there's not anyone else in my top ten. Colin Johnson just outside Denzel Mims. Uh, the guy that Josh didn't mention that I really like is Chase Claypool. I think he's a very, very good talent. I could see him going in somewhere in between the third round, fourth round. Uh, Juwan Jennings is good. I'm just really excited to see what these guys showcase. Yeah, like I said, we're... There's a lot to like about this draft class as a whole, especially the guys that are coming into Mobile. And we're going to have you guys with a ton of content the entire week. Like I said, go check out the mock draft. We're going to have a whole nine sports mock draft roundtable episode coming up this week as well. I know that the guys, Brandon and Dylan, at the over at the whole nine sports draft podcast are going to have a couple episodes, the Big Shots podcast, Devin and Mike. Hopefully Devin can get here um safely he's having some travel issues this week so far so we do wish that he does get here to hang out with us here at the whole nine sports house um but they're i know they're gonna record an episode and we also we recorded the whole nine sports award show today as well so look out for that um evan do you have any more final thoughts here before we uh sign off and we go watch the rest of the jim Nagy press conference nope i'm good all righty so Thank you guys so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Go ahead and leave a comment down below if you have any questions. Review us. Give us a five-star review. Evan and I are pretty awesome. Go over to Whole9Sports.com. Check out any articles, scouting reports, mock drafts, big boards, and rankings that we have over there. Follow me on Twitter at JoshBerg0611. Follow Evan on Twitter at Evan underscore Mead 0700. Whole Nine Sports at Whole Nine Sports and the Whole Nine Draft Podcast at WN Draft Pod. And until the next episode where we do the one round mock draft Whole Nine style roundtable, I am Josh Berg and I am signing out.